Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting Weekend Preview in association with Gambler. Hello guys, I hope you're well. Marco O'Hare here from We Love Betting and joined as ever by the terrific Tom Love and the dynamic Will Dyer. It's Thursday night, we're back to preview the weekend's football as we always do. But first, we have some very, very important topics to get out of the way. It's kind of worrying that we get more requests for this part of the show than the actual bets itself. But there we go, people love learning more about your lives, lads. So uh, let's continue the theme. Uh, Tom, take me to your happy place. I'm going to take a stab this and suggest you're in Florence, you're eating some fabulous foods, you're enjoying the beautiful architecture and then you're taking us down to a trip to the Stadio Artemio Franchi for some Serie A with probably Daniele Ostato refereeing. Am I close? Oh, I'm just thinking about that now, that is pure bliss. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, I love it in Italy, it's probably my favourite place I've been to, um, especially kind of that region. Florence and Bologna, um, all, all places around there are really nice. Yeah, weather's great, people are great, food's unbelievable, the views are great. So yeah, that probably is my happy place. Um, apart from that, it'd be remiss of me to not mention um, the Coral Window Stadium. <laughs> as, uh, as many. I was going to say, you're probably going to tell me, no, nah, no, nah, I'll be down the brewery watching some videos of bootlegger on repeat and then going down Valley for a raid. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Maybe, maybe a little um, pub crawl after around all the dives in Bradford. Always like uh, going to the kind of r- rough arse end of Bradford after the matches and um, having a good old booze up. That would probably be the other side of me. Um, the romantic in me, though, is, is very much in uh, Italy. We'll have to arrange it. We'll have to arrange a podcast uh, Saturday afternoon uh, in Bradford and you'll take us around all your old haunts. Get some podcast listeners along as well. Have a good time. Oh, well, you're a bit more of an enigma to me. Uh, I'm going to go a chalet in the deepest Norwegian countryside. You're probably living off the nature itself. So you're you're out hunting and gathering yourself, chasing moose on your ski mobile. <laughs> uh, I, I brace the winter, mate, but I'm more of a sunny climbs guy as well. But but speaking of uh, Florence, my, my mates just had a kid today and named her Florence. Um, He's already already nicknaming her Flo, and he's a Chelsea fan, so I think there's a that's not a coincidence. But um, and yeah, speaking of Tor Andre Flo, another Norwegian, so we've gone full circle. But um, yeah, uh, no, my my happy place, I reckon, I would say is uh, Rio, mate. Um, just love oh. that, love that coastline along there, and stunning. Well, just the sort of you know the culture and the the vibe around the place is amazing. I probably would echo that myself, in fairness. I was thinking about this earlier. I think Rio would definitely be up there. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's absolutely just what a beautiful setting. Mm. The beaches are incredible. Mm. Uh, everything about it, the vibe is just fantastic. Yeah, would love to go back. Hopefully to see some football as well at some point. And uh, fingers yeah. crossed things start moving I was in the right there direction. in the off-season, unfortunately. So I went to, went to the American R, which was being redeveloped at the time, I think, wasn't it? But didn't get to watch anything, so I'd, I'd want to go back as well, for sure. Well, crappy story, but I'll get it over and done with quickly. I went over to South America a couple of years ago uh, with the intention of seeing Brazil play in Rio um, and then going on to Argentina playing Buenos Aires in World Cup qualifiers. 
Uh, and about two months before, after I booked the trip, the move, the mattress moved from Rio to um, Sao Paulo. So unfortunately, didn't get to see Brazil play, but uh, did get yeah. to Argentina and Buenos Aires, which was uh, an experience to say the least. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Rio would recommend to anyone. Fantastic place. Right, let's get moving then. Um, we're going to chat about Spurs versus Man United on Super Sunday first at the terribly named Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Still looking for an improvement there. Um, Arsenal around two to one, United around six to four. That's two point five. A really interesting one. This actually considering the state of play and and also the general mood around both clubs, particularly Spurs. But uh, even at the prices, United favourites to win away at Tottenham. I still prefer United, and I think Tom, you you echo a similar view to me. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I've been kind of anti-Spurs quite a bit this season. Um, and it does ultimately boil down to the fact uh, Mourinho's there. And I've, I've kind of sensed this season that there's not been a real full buy-in from the players. Um, I just think back to when, when they got knocked out against Zagreb in the Europa League a couple of weeks ago. And... That was a game that they just had to control the game and see it out. I mean, most teams would be able to do that 2-0 up in the first leg and then they go and blow it like they did. Um, that, for me, says a lot about what the players think of the manager. And uh, I can remember Larice coming out after the game and saying that they didn't really follow instructions from the manager. So I wonder if there's a bit of a communication issue there. He doesn't come across as someone who can get his point across really well to me. Mourinho um, kind of waffles on about all sorts of stuff. And really, his kind of ways of working, they're just outdated, in my opinion, and they have been for some years. And against the elite, they do do tend to kind of suffer. Um, And I think that they've had quite an easy run of it in the last couple um, couple of weeks and months. They've had... Quite easy home games recently too, so this is going to be a real step up for them. And yeah, I think I think the price about Man United around two point five is absolutely fine. Um, it just means that the kind of punt I am, and I'm sure that you are quite similar in this regard, Mark. Is if if you're seeing a team at around two point five or bigger, um, there's an opportunity to get the draw on side as well which is yeah. something that I'd certainly want to um, do in the, in this case as well. Just when you were, I mean, everyone knows what United are like this season in the big games, that there's been a lot of nil-nils, a lot of draws. and um, But yeah, ultimately, they are unbeaten away from home this season, which is uh, some, some going now we get into this stage of the season. Uh, kind of, I looked at the uh, the split and uh, the first seven games this season away from home for United, all all went over three and a half goals. But since then, in the eight games since then, um, seven of eight have gone under two and a half, and all eight have gone under three and a half. So a real kind of sea change in the mentality there. Maybe being a bit more conscious of preserving energy perhaps uh, as the season goes on which it is sensible and you know fair play to Solskjaer who's kind of managed uh, quite a busy schedule with them getting pretty far in the Cups and, and in Europe as well and um, kind of keep they keep getting these results so the fact that they're playing on Thursday night in Granada um, doesn't really 
affect my view that much because they've done it all season and they've shown that they can go um, Thursday, Sunday quite easily. Whereas, um, yeah, Spurs uh, kind of against... Uh, I mean, that game against Newcastle, for, uh, conceding four expected goals should be instant dismissal, really, for Mourinho against the new <laughs> side who are so abject going forward. Um, it's massive alarm bells there. Uh, I think whenever you get a performance like that for a Mourinho team, um, his kind of MO is to just go straight back to basics, be defensive, plenty of men behind the ball and, and just go on the break. And that might suit them a bit because United like to play on the break too. Um, so it kind of makes me think it could be another a nil-nil possibly. Um, it could be two teams that just cancel each other out. Um, but I would favour Man United. So... What I've done is I, I want to get United to avoid defeat on side, but that's too short. Uh, I want to get under three and a half goals on side, and that's too short. But if you combine both together, um, the probability of that happening is actually quite high, I think. And, you, and you're getting an odds against shot here with Marathon Bet, 2.03 on United double chance and uh, under three and a half goals. Are United to avoid defeat and under three and a half goals as it's listed? I think that that's a really nice way in. Um, obviously, they've they've only lost one, I think, against the top eight, and they've kept clean sheets against Man City twice, Chelsea twice, West Ham, Arsenal, and Liverpool. So the chances of them kind of keeping a clean sheet is really high, and I, I don't think uh, Spurs are going to be conceding tons here, even though they did really struggle to kind of keep the chances out against Newcastle. I think that's going to be playing on Mourinho's mind especially against a former club. So I think that's a really nice way in at odds against uh, United double chance and under three and a half goals. So that'll be my main bet. And just one other kind of outside kind of shot is um, Maguire to have a headed shot on target is nine to two with Skybet at the minute. Um, I quite like that because he's averaging 1.1 shots per game in the Premier League, which is um, probably the highest for a centre-half in the league, I, I presume, uh, over quite a decent sample size. And 0.9 of that 1.1 have been with his head, um, with his slab head, and he's <laughs> managed uh, to land this six, in six of 19 games in the, Premier, in the Premier League. And with that kind of on our side, and I, I noticed that, Spurs were struggling to keep the crosses out whenever the ball came in the box. They were struggling. And if they do sit quite deep, I think Man U will kind of put the pressure on and get quite a few corners and free kicks. And that that's where he can cause his damage. So, yeah, um, Maguire to have a headed shot on target, 9-2 with Skybet. I'd probably have that more like 7-2. So, yeah, I'll have a little nibble on that too. Good stuff. I've got both of those bets noted down already. So uh, nice to see we're on the same hymn sheet there. Um, Will, Spurs against United, what have you got for us? Yeah, um, similar kind of views as well to Tom as well. Um, I watched both of these game, both of these teams play their games um, last weekend. And yeah, for a, for a second, I think we thought Danny Welbeck might have come back to haunt United, but um, they got back to their early season habit of winning from behind, didn't they? And Goals from Rashford and Greenwood. Um, Greenwood, he took, took a bit more of a central role in attack um, when Cavani went off. And 
who knows? I mean, we haven't got the lineups yet for tonight, but depending on what happens in in that quarterfinal and against Granada, I'd be interested if he's if he's rested tonight or and or he starts on Sunday. Uh, you can get seven to two on him to score anytime, so I might that might be a place to look at. But yeah, one for waiting on lineups really. Um, as for Spurs, yeah, they were they were really really dreadful against Newcastle. I, I watched the whole ninety, like I said as well, with a bit of a an Easter Sunday hangover and. Just didn't really leave the sofa all day, even though it was lovely outside. <laughs> um, and yeah, Newcastle had 22 attempts to Spurs 11 in that game, which is uh, it's just crazy. Uh, they they had more of the ball as well. Spurs just didn't really do much with it. Got rather lucky with one of Kane's goals as well. Um, so I'm not really too too um, yeah hopeful on Spurs at the moment. And this fixture was obviously six one to the Old Trafford in October, but I think maybe yeah a lot of focus will be on that, but. Replicating something like that, I don't really think they have any chance. And it was all down to that Martial red card. And yeah, um, I was going to say um, United are heavy favourites in Granada, aren't they? And um, so I believe the one thing that would worry me about backing them in the next few weeks is that we could see them have their foot off the gas, given that they're they're pretty much bankers for top four with uh, nine points clear of Chelsea in fifth. Yeah, they're obviously 14 points behind City. So it gives me a bit of reservations about supporting them as well at, at 6-4. to four. Um, But going back to that winning from behind um, or dropping points um, from winning positions, if you look at it from Spurs' perspective, Spurs have lost 15 points from winning positions this season. That's the fourth most in the league. Um, they just seem to be a bit inept from a mentality perspective. Um, I think it's worrying times as well if, if uh, you know, people obviously starting to consider maybe Kane might be have to leave to in order to achieve some silverware and that, that could overall just sort of spark a decline in the, at the club as well um whereas United have lost just seven points from winning positions and obviously the reverse is true uh they've won a massive yeah 25 points from losing positions this season which is almost half of their 60 point tally um so whereas Spurs have only won seven points from losing positions um yeah, so United far away the best team at that. Only Leicester, Leicester got 16 points from from losing positions this season. So really, United dominating on that that statistic. Um, and with Granada as well, I think Tom makes a good point that they've done that all season. But you never know. Maybe it will be a bit heavy legs early on in the game, depending on lineups um, as well. And so it's more just more ammunition to maybe think about United being a slow start again, but maybe coming back um, and. Yeah, given that I don't really like the six to four about the away win, but I do also agree I have a preference for United over Spurs at the moment. I think I'd take a, a small punt on them uh, to win from behind at eleven to one with Bet Victor. Uh, they also have a sufficiently superior sort of XG ratio, fifty six percent to Spurs, fifty three percent. So that would give you a bit of supremacy in the in the one x two. And then just on the ref, it's Chris Kavanagh, one to avoid for me to be honest. Is is uh, Average lifetime is 3.3 cards per game, but this season he's 2.94 and no red cards at all and only three pens in 16 matches. So I'm swerving that kind of angle. And yeah, just going for 11-1 uh, to 1 on United to win from behind that bet, Victor. Yeah, I like the sound of that big price. Just on Chris Kavanagh, he's, uh, he's the kind of referee I would describe as a twerp. Uh, <laughs> not a big fan of him. But let's uh, let's move on. <laughs> uh, some good stuff on the United-Spurs game. Um 
European game. Tom didn't need to put out a poll on Wednesday because there wasn't really a huge amount of competition for the Classico this weekend, which does take centre billing across Europe. Barcelona's trip to Real Madrid standing out in La Liga on Saturday night. Real Madrid 2-1 to one at home to win here, which feels like a big price. Barcelona 11-8 to eight away from home, 2.38 favourites in the Spanish capital. Um, they've been on a wonderful domestic run. I think it's 16 wins from 19 unbeaten games. They've won 6-1 away at Real Sociedad recently. They won away at Sevilla pretty comfortably too. Messi has scored or assisted a goal in every game since mid-December before their win against Real Valladolid last weekend. Um, Will, a pass are too short here? What's your view and, and what's your best bet for the Clasico? Yeah, I think they are as well. Um, I actually didn't check what the odds opened at, but I wonder if it's a similar thing as to what we had in the quarterfinal against Liverpool in midweek. Obviously, Real were favourites at one point, and then with the uh, Varane and Ramos news, they drifted out to about the same price. I think they're almost two to one to be Liverpool, and so I mean, didn't take long for it to go in play for them to become favourites because they're far the better team. Um, so I think similar situation really here. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's a huge match, isn't it? Our Clasicos are always important, but this one feels really big in terms of impact on the title race. If Real do win, um, they'll be, you know, all three will be bunched together, really. Uh, Atleti have seemingly thrown it away, I would say, with only four wins in the last 10 La Liga matches, departing from the Champions League as well at the hands of Chelsea, kind of dispatching with relative ease. Um, your money would probably therefore be on whoever wins El Clasico, I, I would say. Um, Real have won seven of the last ten La Liga matches, but Barca have won nine. Um, yeah, the, the the Blaugrana have had uh, uh, the less difficult fixture schedule than Real, I would say, given that they're out of the Champions League. Um, and Real being one to four, one to four to qualify for the semi-finals now, though, with that win over Liverpool. Um, but Barca having the small matter really of a well, not really, but have a Copa del Rey final against Bilbao next weekend. So there's still some other commitments for both clubs. Um, but this, yeah, I mean, with Real having one eye on Liverpool in midweek next week, that's uh, something to consider. Um, but I would say that, again, that 3-1 win over them was a big weight lifted off their shoulders as well and surely a, a confidence builder um, for, for Los Blancos uh, ahead of this match. And from what I've seen of Real, I, I, yeah, I just wouldn't have had them at, at 19 to 10 or almost 2 to 1, even without Ramos in, through injury and Varane, Varane through coronavirus. Nacho and Militao did a pretty good job of it against uh, Liverpool on Tuesday night. And Barca are a similar prospect to Liverpool, in my sort of opinion. Um, I did think about Nacho and Militao for cards. Um, Nacho is always a short price. Um, but maybe if he's attempting to sort of lead this defence in Ramos' absence, um, he's he's seven to four for a card at the moment. Only Bet Victor had it priced up when I was checking earlier today. Bet three six five, Bet three six five might have joined the party now on on player cards, but I haven't I haven't had a chance to double check. But um, that was one thing I considered. I'd wait really for her to see what other bookies price at before I tip anything completely. But if I look at the XG ratios as well, very similar, 67% for Barca, 66% for Real. So obviously home advantage is reduced, but not, it's not enough to swing it all this way, really, in Barca's favour for me. I think maybe it's a classic case of, you know, everyone being fickle and too reactionary to things. If we go back to early season, Barca were touted as being in a, in a crisis, weren't they, with... Um, and I'd say now that this win of uh, this run of nine wins in the last ten would 
probably is papering over some pretty big cracks. Um, they were 10 to 11 to win this reverse fixture in October and they, they lost that 3-1. So I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not really keen on that. Um, them about six to five. I'm also intrigued about Vinicius Junior uh, to score any time at, at four to one um, with SBK. I, I, he was so good against Liverpool, wasn't he? Second youngest player to score in a, a knockout Champions League match. Um, and he had he had two obviously as well, and absolutely took the game to them. He's he's actually Real's lowest rated player though. If you look at who scores rankings this season, um, and then speaking of rankings, it's kind of crazy, isn't it, that when we when we look at it, it's Benzema and Messi who are the clear, consistent sort of high performers still. Um, even though right, it's like, when are when are these sides going to unearth some sort of adequate replacements for from their current squads? I, I don't really know. Like you can't can't keep going on and on on leaning on these two players. Or obviously we had Ronaldo gone, but Benzema seems to have maintained his consistency and underrated sort of tag as well. I would say. Um, he hasn't scored though in an El Clasico since 2015-16 season, um, so a bit of a worry if you're relying on him. Um, but it, yeah, in in general, when I look at Real uh, plus zero Asian handicap at, at six to five at Bet Victor, I like that, um, and I will I'll take I'll add that. And then yeah, the ref was announced earlier this afternoon. It's it's Lahoz, which I would say is pretty great news. Um, fresh off the back of a he was clearly quite irritated in the Bayern PSG quarter the other day by by the Bayern players, um, getting a little bit ratty with him and great game, fine. loads of goals, yeah, lovely snow scene, and you got yeah. Lahoz chucking the cards around. What, what a great occasion! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he gave five cards there for the fifth consecutive match in all competitions, um, so he's he's turned it on a bit lately, and um, he even gave ten yellows in the Seville derby last month as well. So. Um, card line is is actually at over 5.5 cards uh, at 10 to 11 with bet 365 and usually we'd be seeing this at over 6.5 potentially even over 7.5 we've seen it in the past so I'd probably have it around 6.5 cards and, and Pinnacle agree that they with bet 365 so it's not like they're an outlier um, Pinnacle have similar price as well um, but yeah with Lahoz in charge and, and um, this recent trend of him i do like that bet as well over 5.5 cards at 10 to 11 with bet 365 uh just quickly got some numbers on him in big matches he's done four el clasicos um and he's done and i also looked at just other big games like barca versus atleti and real versus atleti in total across uh he's done 16 matches across games involving those big three teams um and he's given 6.7 cards per game so that compares to his lifetime average of um, 5.45. So I reckon he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder about the bigger teams as well. Um, and then it's been nine straight El Clasicos in a row that have had four or more yellows. So I reckon still some some just a bit of juice in that price at, at over 5.5 cards at 10 to 11. Good stuff. Tom, talk to me. What's your angle for the, class- for the Clasico? Yeah, it's, it's interesting that Will's already covered the, the cards angle. Um, I, I was quite surprised to see that card line as well. I thought it, I can remember seeing over seven and a half cards that are eight to 11 yeah, once in this game. Honestly, probably a couple of yeah. years ago now. But um, I suppose the fact that Ramos isn't about, um, but <laughs> it's probably in the thinking there, but 
Yeah, one of my bets here is both teams to have over one card, which is actually 7 to 10, uh, 1.7. It's about as low as I'd, I'd put anything up, really. Um, but I, I think that that's a, a nice price. I expected it to be uh, 4 to 7, if not shorter than that. So, yeah, for, for all the reasons that Will's mentioned, I mean, um, we talked about him in, in that Seville derby. He gave 10, didn't he, in the end there. 7-3 that ended on cards to Betis. Uh, five, obviously, in Munich. And he gave seven in both games before that. The uh, alaves Celta Vigo game. And he, he did a national game, a uh, Croatia game, against Slovenia. So, yeah, he, he's right back on it, which which you absolutely love to see. Uh, one of my favourite refs. I, I mean, I was watching that Bayern game and the... Um, the commentator kept going on about how the referees mad for cards and he just wouldn't shut up about the ref. So I think he must have had over four and a half cards on a summer. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just, I've never heard a commentator go on about a, a referee like that before. So I think uh, him, him and Keon were probably nudging each other every tackle, looking for the, the card to come out. But um, yeah, he, he has been bang on it, to be fair. Um, and just looking at the last six games between these two, it's seen 16 each on cards. So, uh, quick maths, that's an average around 2.66, is it, um, each? So, that's where I'd, I'd probably have uh, both teams over two cards as kind of the line here, around um, maybe six to four. So, if you get into seven to ten on both over one card... Um, I think that's that's backable. So yeah, that that'll be one of my bets here. Um, but just to, on on the game itself, taking kind of the cards out of it, I I look at the pri- the price on Madrid, and I, I I was quite surprised. Um, so I kind of did a bit more digging. I know that Barca have been on a decent run, but I didn't know how far it stretches back. Um, they they've been beating everyone pretty much since Kuhn's took over. And he, no one's really talked him up at all. Um, so fair play to him, but they've not really had a massive test. The ones where they have in the Champions League faltered. Um, they did beat Sevilla, I can remember, um, a month or two ago, which was a good result. But I just look at how the table's shaping up, and it's going to be a really interesting title running. And I just think Barca here would be happy enough with a draw, if I'm honest. Um, and probably Madrid will be too. So I think the draw at 14-5 to was of interest. But um, I'm probably a bit more inclined to take Madrid with a quarter goal start on the Asian handicaps. Get that, 10-11 to uh, with Bet365 or 1.91. I just think that that's a nice, a nice price for them to avoid defeat and we'd make money. I um, appreciate that Barca are on this decent run and, and Madrid have a few centre-halves out, but I look at that Barca defence as well. That doesn't fill me with confidence. Um, and the likes of Vinicius running at a Gerard Piquet or, or Longley um, kind of send shivers down your spine. So I think that Madrid are, are a nice price, but I'd want the draw on side. So that way we'd be making a half-state's profit if it ended as a draw. Um, but if Madrid won, we'd take a, a full stakes win, which I think's nice. And just we've seen this time and time again with Madrid under Zidane, especially. That they come into their own in the second half of the season and 
it's, it's not by fluke. Um, if you took a, I mean, this has been levelled at Marcelo Bielsa before. It could be even levelled at Klopp this season. That um, high pressing teams, high energy teams that kind of go hell for leather pretty much every game um, and try just overwhelm their opponents can kind of falter when it gets later on in the season. One thing that Zidane's really good at is kind of keep keeps results ticking along but preserves energy. He doesn't play a high-pressing game. He's very happy with his team kind of sitting off, um, kind of having men behind the ball and, and then uh, doing what using the quality that they have in the squad um, with kind of the through balls from the midfield to the likes of Vinicius or kind of manoeuvring it to get Benzema in good positions and taking the chances, really, um, and defensively, even without Varane and Ramos, Nacho's been really good, uh, Militao's improving after quite a shaky start to life at the Bernabeu. So, yeah, I, I think that Madrid um, are a team to follow in the second half of the season. They're, they've been on a run pretty much just as good as Barca as well. So, Happy to take them with a quarter goal start here. Um, I do think the draws a runner, but we'd be making money if it did end all square. Yeah, I agree. I think the plus a quarter Asian handicap is a, is a good way to play this because I think Barcelona will be happy enough with a draw themselves. It will keep their one-point cushion over Real Madrid going into the final furlong. Madrid yeah. might have eyes on midweek against uh, Liverpool as well. Uh, and also, I think the two teams will be well aware that Atletico have lost uh, Luis Suarez for two or three weeks now as well. So, they're already faltering. Uh, so I do think it's going to come down to these two um, and potentially a, a draw suit each uh, going into the final furlong, but we'll see. Um, right, let's move on. Uh, got naps, next bests, long shots and everything else to get through as well. So we're going to start with the latter on the long shots. Will, what's your long shot? 72 bet or larger? Yeah, um, I've got a little uh, A-League, Australian A-League education for you just quickly. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's one of those divisions that can completely sort of flip in terms of teams' dominance within the space of a few short years. And the match I'm looking at is Newcastle Jets versus Melbourne Victory. Um, and Victory, you know, have been one of the better sides for years and years. And now this season, they are the worst side in the league. Um, in 15 seasons, there's been six different winners um, in the league season proper. And then they have like, like a little postseason cup as well. Um, so six different winners from 14 different clubs. Um and uh, yeah, it's 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 not that we have like a draft like uh, the American sports or anything like that. It's 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 all as a result of a, a salary cap system that they have, where currently uh, the the cap is at two point one million Aussie dollars. Um, plus, there's a few little exemptions. You can have like two designated high higher paid players for like bigger, which allows for like bigger name signings, loyalty rewards for clubs for players that have been at clubs for like four four, four years or more. Um, and then some like homegrown and scholarship player sort of like exemptions as well. But yeah, just overall, it's kind of creates like a degree of fairness. Um, success comes by finding like the right balance of of these subsets of players, I guess, and and uh, unearthing young young players. And then also obviously through just great coaching, I guess. So it's been in place since 2004. And yeah, the league's expanding in terms of fan base and more and more clubs as well competing year on year. And um, one side though that have been absolutely dreadful is Jets and then one of the other sides that's been really good has is, is been victory but um, Jets have been one of the worst for a long long time they, they they won the league in 2008 and have pretty much sucked since then and 
this season hasn't changed much, but there is one mental stat that um, is continuous for them this season. Uh, their games are averaging the most corners per game in the world um, at 14.3 corners per game after what we must be almost at the end of the season, so 20-something matches. It's not not just a fluke. Um, themselves, they're hitting a massive average of 8.1 per game, and this is all despite being the second bottom side. And yeah, this weekend they face Melbourne Victory, who are averaging just 4.6 corners per game themselves, which is the third lowest in the league and they concede the second most in the league of 6.9 so jets to hit seven or more corners uh which normally would be well over even money on most sides uh it's actually eight to even at sky bet and bet 365 haven't priced that one up yet but uh i'll be interested in that when they have um although i think sky might have the better prices if i look at the total corners market sky are a little higher uh, also, Paddy Power will probably join in with some corner markets tomorrow. This game is Saturday morning at 6 a.m., so um, have, a, have a look to tomorrow. But yeah, well, when I say tomorrow, Friday. Um, but I, I like Jets to take 10 or more corners um, at 4-1 to one with Skybet. That's in the, the total home corners taken band uh, market, um, so 10 plus. Just given that they're averaging three or more, 3.5 corners more than victory per game, I expect them to dominate like that. And then obviously the fact that, like I said, they, they're second bottom, but they're now playing bottom. I think they might actually dominate a game for once. Their odds are on to win this um, against the worst side in the league. And yeah, um, victory, league corners. So I think if you watch Jets, I've, I've watched them a couple of times this season, they literally play for corners, <laughs> which they must do if they're hitting 14.3 average per game in their, in their matches. So, yeah, a little something different there with, with that bet. Nice one. Nice to be back in the A-League for the first time in a while. Mm. Uh, Tom, long shot, please. Yeah, j- just on that, it's interesting that... Um... Like with with corner betting, a lot of people don't tend to do it pretty much. Um, I can see why, but like there's a correlation there, isn't there? If Jets are like second bottom in the league, really struggling, they're probably going one nil down quite often and having to chase mm. games. So it's always something to to look out for. That's a really good spot. So as Will said there, that's not a fluke. It's because they're kind of conceding goals and having to chase games and. And doing okay at chasing games, just not kind of getting the result at the end of it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm going to stick closer to home for my long shot. I really like this price. James Garner to score any time for Nottingham Forest against Bristol City this weekend is 8 to 1 with Bet365. Wow. 8 to 1. I couldn't believe it when I saw That's that. Great spot. Yeah, he's. He's really impressed me. I mean, he went on loan to Watford at the start of the season and I was I was like, what is he going to Watford for when they've got a squad depth that's kind of unrivaled in the in the championship? It didn't really work out. He needs to kind of be centre stage if he can. And um, I'm glad that he, he just kind of got out of there and went on loan to Forest and he's done really well. Really impressive the last two games. Sure, you'd have seen him against QPR, Mark, and he. Well, did he did he play well there? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, he's 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 been very good. I've seen him a couple of times now this season, and um, because we were in the hunt to get him as well, uh, Forest, as they seem right. to be doing quite regularly at the moment as well, basically uh, paying a little bit more than we can, so they're picking up all the players that we want, and uh, so I've been keeping a close eye on him, and he's been really, really good, really tidy in possession and a, and a threat from distance too. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's good to hear because he, he has scored in back to back games. He's scored three now for Forest in in what eight or nine games now. So I, I'd expect him to be around four to one. Most firms do go around that price. So I think it's one of them ones where you just see it and you've got to back it at eight to one. He's on free kicks and in really good quality from set pieces. Good um, at striking the ball from distance. He's a player that that's massively thought of at United. So um, he's clearly got the talent and it's more that he's coming up against the Bristol City side that are, are truly awful, um, especially when you're looking at the performance data metrics. Only Wickham have a, a lower XG ratio than Bristol City, conceding around 1.45 per game uh, on the XG metrics. And it's not really changed that much since Nigel Pearson's coming. So I do wonder if it, it's, a, it's kind of on the players because... there's not really been too much that's changed in in how they play, really. And if you look at just the last eight games, they're actually bottom of that metric, conceding 1.7 XG per game. Um, So, yeah. If you you listen to Nigel Pearson after last weekend as well, I mean, it doesn't look like a great atmosphere there at at all. He he looked like he'd already reached the end of his tether, really. just really calling out the players for the lack of effort and application. So, yeah, I expect big changes at Ashton Gate in the summer. Right. Well, that that's that's interesting. I know that um, a lot of the fans, uh, a lot of the Robins fans, are are not really having the owner um, and the decisions that they've been making because they've got kind of everything there to be a successful Championship club. And yeah, there's obviously something deeper rooted that that's not not a good thing for for them. Um, but they, they've managed to get quite a few results and they should probably be all right. Um, but, yeah, it is worrying times for them. And, yeah, their data is, as I mentioned, awful. So he's probably not going to get a better chance to score against any anyone else at the minute. So, yeah, he's had three shots in both of his last two games too. So it's showing that he's got intent to score. Um, it's kind of one of these where... You want to get on it before the price shortens in coming weeks. Um, surprise it hasn't hasn't done that already. So, yeah, James Garner to score any time for Nottingham Forest against Bristol City on Saturday. I think that is eight to one with Bet Three Six Five. Massive. Nice find that. Uh, I'm going to stay with you, Tom, for your next best. Yeah, I'm going to go into Italy. It's the game on Monday night. The uh, Benevento versus Sassuolo. I do like Sassuolo here. Um, was really impressed with them uh, against Inter. Watched that game uh, yesterday and I thought they deserved a point, if I'm honest, against probably the best team in the league. Um, the, the player, even without, they've, they've had to do without Locatelli and Berardi, uh, I think Caputo too, who kind of the three main players from last season. They're, they've... I'm not really sure about the ins and outs of it, but um, the club don't really want them playing because of COVID fears. But they can, they can. It's not like they can't play. the The league would allow it, but they're just not playing them, which is weird. But um, the, I think because there's team... quite a few positive tests in the Italian national team camp that they decided to just quarantine the players just in case they were going to right. infect the rest of the squad. So it was almost a conscious decision just to. Avoid that, and of course they're not 
exactly in any relegation trouble and they're not really going to be contesting for Champions League qualification either. So it's probably the, the wisest thing to do in their opinion. Yeah, yeah, it probably is at, at the minute. Uh, I do think that the the, the courts without them really well. Um, they they still play exactly the same style under under their manager Deserbi, who who's bound for bigger and better things. Because um, it's it's not a big place, Sassuolo. I mentioned like that area <laughs> um, before. It, it's small. Um, and kind of they're they're having to compete with the likes of Bologna, Fiorentina, Parma for for players in that kind of area. But their scouting is really good, and they've got uh, Jeremy Boga, who's at Chelsea, who, who's a threat on the wing, one of the best dribblers in the league, and then Traore, who, who's another one who who's plenty of pace about him and can really get defenders. And it's no surprise that they rack up the corners as well, Sassuolo, with the way that they play kind of a shoot-on-site policy and uh, fast players going forward. Uh, Raspadori has been playing up front and he's part of the Italy under-21 setup. So they've got plenty of players who can come in and and kind of still perform. Um, They're still very attack-minded and they're coming up against a a Benevento side that have kind of gone under the radar for me just on how bad they've been recently. I've been looking at the... uh, uh, the XG form tables that we put out on the Gold Channel and they're 20th over the last um, eight games, conceding 1.71 XG per game. And uh, Benevento, they're only creating 0.59 per game. Um, and it stretches even further back than that. If you want to look at the last 12 games, XG ratio of 28%. It's even worse. I mean... It's really bad after a really decent start to the season under under is it Pippo and Zaghi there and, and um, it's a shame but uh, I think they're, they're just a team that don't have the quality especially defensively they're getting overran and, and the team like Sassuolo have the wherewithal and the nous to, to score a couple against these so the bet that I like is Sassuolo to score over 1.5 team goals which is 1.87 um, with a variety of firms, 20 to 23. Uh, really like that. Um, another thing that I looked at, if you wanted to be a bit greedier, was Sassuolo over one goal and both teams over zero cards on Bet365. That's 13 to 10. Uh, didn't mind that either, given Sassuolo um, opponents have been carding in pretty much every game. And um, them, them themselves pick up plenty of cards. I'm going to take that instead, actually, at 13 to 10. Uh, <laughs> a bit greedier because the refs, Marini, who's only done a couple of games, um, really good for a pen, actually, looking at his record, averaging uh, one pen per game in Syria. But um, generally, he's been a, a decent uh, man to get behind for cards. Kind of, I think it's landed in um, five of his last six as well. So. Yeah, um, happy to take that, given Sassuolo's record. It's something I mentioned uh, in, in the bet that we put up uh, on the goal channel against Inter, which which managed to cop. Um, so, yeah, Sassuolo over one team goal and both teams over zero cards. 13 to 10 with bet 365. That's Monday night. That'll be my next best. Lovely stuff. Will, your next best. I've got a feeling you're taking us to Munich. Yes. Oh, you've seen the little WhatsApp sent through, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> Yeah, um, 
yeah, I was really enjoying watching Bayern PSG as well the other night. And something that I've noticed, noticed the last couple of games is obviously Eric Maxim Chupo Moting's uh, performances. And he was Bayern's highest rated player um, against PSG. And he's he's only featured 17 times in the Bundesliga this type, this season. Well, it's quite a few, but obviously 12 of those are off the bench. So five starts. Um, and I obviously expected Serge Nabry to lead the line last weekend. And we, well, actually Tom expected it as well. And he was on the bench. Um, and then obviously now he's he's got an illness as well. So he missed the game in midweek. So I'm going to call him EMCM from here on because it's just too long to say his name. Uh, he played he played fairly well um, against Leipzig and yeah was rewarded with another start in the quarterfinal last night. And um yeah, with a, a great-headed goal, some some sort of selfless work, and unlucky lucky not to have a uh, a brace really. Uh, Bayern had obviously 31 attempts, which a lot of people are talking about today. 12 of them on target, five of them came from EMCM, and yeah, the most the most in the team um, that was. And uh, yeah, although actually every single interesting every single Bayern player that started had a shot, um, but yeah, Chupo Moting had two on target and one off the post as well against his old club um that was also his third goal in six champions league matches and so with Loa and um nabri out as well uh again for this weekend he was, he's likely to start i reckon um he's seven to five to score any time um yeah he's obviously in, in his in sort of his later years now at 32 but i would suggest he's almost having his biggest impact since really the glory days in the bundesliga where he was a few different clubs scored scored about 40 goals in 150, 160 matches um, in the 2010s. And Bayern are expected to score 2.3 goals here. Union are seventh in the league, um, a bit of a draw specialist team. They've got 12 draws in 27 matches and they, they held the Bavarians to a 1-1 draw as well in December. So, yeah, I mean, 2.3 goals for Bayern is actually quite a low amount, as we've discussed in recent weeks, how many goals they score. So um, that's possible why we're getting some decent value on some some buy on anytime goal scorers um but last weekend obviously they they won that sort of six pointer that has some seven points clear of their, their closest title rivals now um and i just think he's got a big role to play in in the next couple of weeks um and i think also just thinking about how they play like both of Bayern's goals against psg were were headers which is not something we see that much because, well, actually, they had the, they win the least aerial duels per game in the Bundesliga, just 12.6 per game. Compare that to Union Berlin, who have a fifth with 18 aerial duels, one per game. But I reckon, yeah, Hansi Flick will be conscious of this and perhaps alter the style slightly to, to fit in with cheaper moting. Um, maybe some more crosses from... From yeah, Pavard and Kimmich both assisted those goals in midweek, and maybe we'll see a bit more wing play like that again, um, rather than being more direct. But yeah, I still expect Bayern to beat Union, and I think seven to five on their striker to score anytime is is value really at Skybet. Yeah, it's a nice price for sure. Uh, now the best part of the show is the Neps, the best bets of the weekend according to the guys themselves. Tom, your best bet of the weekend. Yeah, well, I, I put up um, Scunthorpe draw no bet against Crawley last week, and to be honest, it was I can't believe I I, I watched that game because it, it was the worst game I think I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> it it was awful. I think there was one shot on target, if that. 
just nothing nothing happened. Um, <laughs> thankfully, we, we took the draw no bet and uh, got our money back. Crawley were pretty awful as well. Um, but but I, I kind of looked at that and I was like, what what a scumthorpe showing here. Um, they were really, <laughs> or considering they were up against the Crawley side that had played a couple of days before, um, awful away from home at the minute, just can't score goals, concede quite a few. And they just didn't even bother showing up. So I think, in my opinion, they're on the beach now, uh, Scunthorpe. They're at home this weekend against Tramia. Um, obviously, Tramia going for for promotion. Um, they're right up there. But their data is not unbelievable. Um, I think they're sitting around 10th on expected points. Um, but they they've got the experience in the ranks there with the likes of Nugent, Jay Spearing, um, plenty of other players who who know that level. Um, they know they know the EFL and they'll be seeing this as a massive opportunity to get a win. Um, I think that they've not been unbelievable of late, um, especially without James Vaughan, who who's got a kind of a a mysterious injury that then they don't seem to be speaking about for one reason or another. I was trying to see if he'd be back. Um, doesn't look likely, but Nugent's there, and they've got a very decent enough midfield of Tramia to uh, score against Scunthorpe, and it might only take a goal, um, but they'll, they'll take massive um, hope into this one when them, when they look at the uh, injury list for Scunthorpe. Neil Cox, their manager, was speaking today. Um, Mark Howard, the experienced goalkeeper, um, he, he's kind of solidified them at the back, kind of give them a, uh, a good platform to build on. He's out now for a number of weeks. Manny Onorisa, the centre-half, um, was injured. He came back in and his injuries kind of flared up again, apparently. Um and uh, the other centre-half, Jordan Clark, who's been really good, to be fair, of late, probably one of their better players, alongside Bordeaux at the back. He's out as well, whilst George Taft, the other centre-half that used to play for uh, Bolton, Cambridge, he's he's probably not going to be back in time either. So the kind of... Especially at the back, and then going forward, um, Devan Green, the winger, who, who's kind of a live wire, he, he's out as well. So plenty of interest for Scunthorpe, who are kind of mid-table. They're still going to stay up, but then they're not going to get anywhere near the playoffs. So um, all the motivations on Tramia's side, um, and you can back them four to five on Skybet, drawn or bet, which I think is a cracking price um, to be able to get them drawn or bet on side. Uh, the amount of games that Scunthorpe win, especially at home, very low. Um, but I do think the draws are running because I don't think there'll be a, a ton of goals here. So I'd want the draw on side, but much rather favour Tramia at the prices. I, I'd make this bet uh, sub 1.7. So 1.8 or 4 to 5 on Tramia draw no bet against Scunthorpe will be my nap. Decent stuff. Nice value there. Will, your favourite fancy? Yeah, I've, I've, I'm a bit peeved at lower league English football lately. I've not done too well on my naps lately, so I'm going a bit further afield. Did have some other nice winners uh, last week in a couple shot, two to one or more shots in some of the other sections. But yeah, naps need to improve. And 
I'm trying my hand in the Eredivisie again. Um, Veve Ve Venlo versus uh, PSV. We've we've spoken about them on the podcast a little bit before. Tom's Tom's long shot, Jackie Marcus. Um, but I'm kind of opposing the the southeastern duchies um, this weekend instead, um, as they they host PSV. Um, some may remember as well that uh, Venlo lost thirteen nil to Ajax back in October. So. <laughs> this bet is a bit more in in sort of that sort of light. Um, just uh, VVV stands for Venlo's Football Verending, which means uh, Venlo Football Association. If anyone was ever wondering, I had thought I'd have to do a little bit of research on that. It had puzzled me for years. Um, so do we call them VVV Venlo, or do we just call them VVV, or do we call them just Venlo? Or VVV, I think, mate. But, <laughs> but yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've heard Tom say it like that before, so I've copied it. Um, <laughs> PSV uh, have had a tough away schedule this uh, thus far this season. They've had um, three of their last five away games have been in uh, against Ajax, Alkmaar, and Feyenoord. Um, but against the lesser lights, yeah, they've they've really excelled. They've won five of six away games against sides in the bottom half by two or more goals. Um, only Den Haag have held them to a draw it was 2-2 um recently and yeah or in january i think it was and they were hugely lucky uh psv had 35 shots on goal to den Haag's five 15 on target to um den Haag's two so and uh philip max mr penn so it's, it's pretty clear who's going to dominate proceedings i think even if they don't somehow win this game i, I think they'll be they'll, they'll absolutely dominate uh venlo um they they psv lost at AZ um, before the international break, which was a tough one to take for for uh, Roger Smith's side um, against yeah their nearest rivals really for the second place, uh, which gets you a Champions League qualification spot. Um, since Ajax are eleven points clear with a game in hand, uh, that's really the only thing to aim for right now. But uh, they live they sit level now on points with Alkmaar, uh, so it's another must win basically from here on. Um, and yeah, this game has big ramifications at either end as well. Um, with Venlo a level on points with Willem Tilburg uh, for the sort of unwanted winner of the the relegation playoff spot to the to the S to Divisi. So, uh, but I still I fancy uh, Derude Witten, uh, the Red Whites, um, Einhoven minus one point five Asian handicap at three to four with Bet Victor. Vevevev um, are in the worst form of the league. They've lost nine in a row. Uh, they have kept it closer in recent weeks, but not really against great opposition. They had a new manager last month, Jos Luhukai, which people may remember uh, from a, a season with Sheffield Wednesday or two half seasons with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, this is his first job in his home country. He's yet to have an impact. I guess it's too early to judge, but overseen two defeats to Pexvall and Groningen, my favourite uh, team name to say. And... Uh, <laughs> There's a there's a good chance um, both sides score given yeah Giacomakis ability in front of goal but, but um, he has only got two in his last six now and um, yeah only scored one goal in five games against AZ Ajax Feyenoord and PSV so he's a bit more of a flat track bully for me um, and yeah PSV won this four one at the Phillips Stadion in December and I'm expecting a similar scoreline to that so minus 1.5 Asian handicap for P- PSV at uh, 3-4 to four with Betvictor Lovely stuff always love a bit of error to VC on the show uh, I think we've covered everything now so all that's left is to ask you both if there's any other business any bets you haven't mentioned 
which you feel the listeners might like to hear. So the floor is yours. Who wants to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in. Um, I will keep it short because uh, uh, Benevento Sassuolo was also a game I, I had targeted as well. So funny that Tom's also found that one. Um, myself and a few of the guys at work have cited Benevento as our next football trip when all that sort of fun is, is back on offer. Um, just looks like a, a great place to be, really. Underdogs, part of the country, Campania, renowned for great wine and then just a short trip to naples pompeii vesuvius amalfi coast like just mm. i'm already dreaming of that so the city of witches yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i love this <laughs> their, their badge is great and their, their kit's amazing it's, there's a lot of nice stuff around them they their football has sort of uh brought hope to them in recent years because they they had like a huge flooding problem in 2015 which sort of cost the city dearly in terms of revenue or costs in general to repair everything and um so yeah anyway uh back to the football uh, the last time uh, sassuolo kept a clean sheet um was when they played benevento in on the 11th of december i don't think tom mentioned that exact stat i didn't hear it but um which is mad that's 19 games since then that they've conceded uh the nero verdi and uh yeah that game saw benevento dom- it as well actually due to a second but mainly due to an early second half red card for Sassuolo otherwise I think the game would have played out quite differently as for Benevento they've they've done so well in their in their first season back in Serie A since 2017-18 look pretty safe from relegation now good draw against Parma a memorable win in Turin a couple weekends ago before the international break uh, just put them nine points clear of uh, Cagliari who topped the relegation zone so uh, yeah, they're a good th- they're a good team, but I agree with with Tom that Sassuolo um, are a hell of a lot better here. Um, they, yeah, I mean they've conceded the most goals at home in the league, Benevento, uh, third most goals in the season overall. Neither side can really defend um, clearly based on on those stats we've we've read out. So, uh, but I do think yeah, Sassuolo are a lot more uh, dangerous in front of goal thanks to forwards like Caputo and Berardi. So. I liked the 11-4 to four on Sassuolo to win and both teams to score at Bet365 as well. Yeah, cool. That's uh, that's me for AOB. Tom? Yeah, I like that price. Um, I'm just going to go into the Bundesliga. Um, again, between two, two teams that are firmly now in the top four, um, Wolfsburg against Eintracht Frankfurt, which is... Again, though, you wouldn't have thought either of these teams would be in the top four. They're kind of what you'd expect to be kind of seventh or eighth uh, in the league. But they've both been really good and they've benefited from not being um, in Europe, especially in the second half of the season. Um, Fair play to how both clubs are run because you see the kind of what's kind of the niche in the management market at the minute is getting um, managers who've kind of been brought up in Austria and, and Switzerland, and you've got two here in Adi Hütte and um, uh, Oliver Glasner for Wolfsburg. And they've kind of both come up pretty similar paths, kind of. Um, I think one, one was at Lask Linz, I think. Um, uh, and I think Adi Hütte was at Young Boys in, in Switzerland. They both come from that kind of that schooling. Um, I, I expect someone like a Spurs to come in for one of these managers. 
uh, when Mourinho does leave, if they've got any sense about them. Because they're both um, really good managers in their own right. They're, they're quite different in their approaches. Hutter's very much a front foot manager, all about attack and creating and scoring goals. Uh, happy to concede as long as they score more than the opposition. Whereas Glasner has been very much um, un-Bundesliga-like, I should say, in the fact that they're very def- well, they're not really defence-minded, but they've got more of an onus on, on keeping clean sheets and winning that way. Uh, but it doesn't mean that they don't score goals, especially with uh, big Wout Weghorst up front. And the, the bet that I like in this one is basically my two favourite strikers in the Bundesliga from a um, hipster perspective, I, I suppose. Andre Silva and Weghorst both to score. It's 9-2 to two with Betfair and Paddy Power. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if a few firms boosted this and you got a 5-1 to one or bigger. Um, let us know if you, if you find out like that because they've just both been in frightening form this season. Um, if you kind of take out the goals from Lewandowski and um, Erling Haaland, they're right up there in, t- in terms of goals. I mean, Andre Silva's on 22 this season in 25, which is unbelievable going. And Bootfeg has 17 uh, through 26. So they're, they're both big strikers that can score all, all types of goals. And I expect this to be a really fun match because both teams... Um, should end up in the Champions League. It, a score draw would would not surprise me here, though, because it does kind of suit both parties. Um, but I, I'll, I'll happily take both them to score ninety-two. Andre Silva and Budfeghorst as a Adler take on De Wolfer. <laughs> Great stuff. Super <laughs> efforts as always, guys. Really enjoyed listening to your. Your insights, your knowledge, and your uh, re- research as well. Some great stuff, some great bets there to be had for the listeners too. As always, listeners, any social media support is always much appreciated. Thank you again for listening and your support of the podcast too. But we're going to wrap it up there. So big thanks again to the stars of the show, Mr. Tom Love. Cheers, guys. Best of luck this weekend. And Mr. William Dyer. Thanks, guys. Yeah, have a good one. Good stuff. This has been the We Love Betting Weekend Preview Podcast. Let's chat soon.